I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. I'm taking the taboos of menopause and perimenopause and bringing light to the dark. No bullshit, no shame. It's time for us to gain a new paradigm in female health, out with the old and in with the new, and I'm bringing fresh perspectives from someone in the arena. I've been practicing women's health for nearly 20 years, and I'm spilling the tea on what it means to live at midlife, knowing that the best is yet to come. I'm sharing my Gen X approach to living through this transition. Sassy, a bit sweary, and always honest. Tactical tips and instantly usable information is my aim. I hope to make you laugh and that you learn something new that helps you embrace the change. Together, we bring power to the Perry. Onward to the podcast. everybody, Dr. Fiona Lovely here, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. And today I have an interview for you, episode number 99, interviewing Dr. Wendy Trubo. She thinks you've been dirty and it's time for a cleanup. <laughs> uh, Dr. Trubo actually has um, a book out called Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins and Look Great and Feel Freaking Amazing, and I think it's an excellent read. And, you know, we really should be paying attention to our toxic load. And I know that some of you are listening right now and saying that just sounds like a lot of work. But you know what? We really break that down in this conversation, how to do it just a little bit at a time so it feels manageable. And it really is one of those things that we need to very much pay attention to. And and this conversation, we talk about many things, everything from how to get the what she refers to as the five journeys uh, up and running in the body in a way that makes really good sense. Um, detoxification and constipation. I mean, those are um, some big issues for some women in perimenopause. I'm talking specifically about constipation. And um, where in common products we're getting uh, toxins and why it's really, really important to pay attention to what your toxic load might be, where they're coming from, some really easy things that you can do to reduce what you're exposed to. Now, uh, to read about Dr. Wendy Trubo, she's an MD, MBA. She's an IFM certified practitioner, is passionate about helping women optimize their health, and she lives and works as a functional medicine gynecologist. Through her own struggles with mold and metal toxicity, celiac disease, and other health issues, Dr. Trubo has developed a deep sense of compassion and expertise for what her patients are facing. She's the co-author of Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great and Feel Freaking Amazing, and has been regularly featured in Mind Body Green and the Huffington Post. She's an accomplished speaker and previously had her own television show. She's on the faculty of A4M and a speaker for their conferences along with other national societies. She has another book coming out on the subject of menopause here before too long. So I encourage you to listen to this podcast. I enjoyed this conversation very much um, and learned a whole lot from it. So I uh, wish the same for you. So without further ado, 
here's my interview with Dr. Wendy Trubo. But first, a word from our sponsor. I would like to acknowledge our sponsor, Athletic Greens, which is now called AG1. This is a vitamin, mineral, and probiotic greens drink. It helps me boost my energy and gives me the nutrients I need in case I don't get what I want and need in my diet for the day. It tastes great and it has mushrooms and digestive enzymes and adaptogens for adrenal health. I take it once a day. It's truly an all-in-one supplement. If you would like to try AG, please visit athleticgreens.com slash Fiona Lovely, and they'll send you a year's supply of liquid vitamin D3 with K2 and five free travel packs, which come in mighty handy for getting your AG on the go. Thanks, Athletic Greens, for sponsoring the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. Dr. Wendy Trubo, this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, and I'm thrilled to speak to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about you and what you want our listeners to know before we start our conversation. Yeah, I think the most important thing that you should know about me is that I 100% reject the conventional wisdom that you're supposed to fail over time, get worse, get fatter, sicker, less vital, and die in your bed at at 65, decrepit without your brain. I 100% reject that. And I really believe in my heart that we are meant to be vital, vibrant, healthy, able and interested in intimacy to at least 100, and that every decade improves over the one before. I think that's the most important thing. And, And I look at my conversations with people from the, are you moving towards optimal health? Peak, peak performance, longevity, lifespan, health span, or are you not moving towards that and going in the opposite direction? That's everything. Oh my gosh, there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> let's get started. So let's define this term health span versus lifespan, please. Sure. Right. Okay. So you can live long and suffer, right? So your health span is how long you live. I'm sorry, your lifespan is how long you live. Your health span is how you live while you live, right? So we all want to be vibrant and and vital and have our energy and be able to have our brains working, not just live. You know, when I say to people, I believe you were meant to live to 100, they're like, I don't want to live to 100. I'll be in a wheelchair. I'm like, no, no, to live well until 100, to live with your faculties, to live independently, to make a difference still in your 80s and 90s, to, to keep contributing until your body really literally just gives out. But that that doesn't happen for many, many years. Yes. And, and, you know, for our generation of women, we have watched our parents decline, our grandparents decline. And we think that it, it has to be that at a certain age, your brain starts to decline, your body starts to decline. And this is just what aging is all about. And that's how you've started this, this conversation is by saying, I reject all of that. Right. So is it possible then to live to 100 and sure. be Totally. How do we do it? How do we do it? Okay. Nobody likes these answers. Just to warn you, Fiona, like when I tell people the answers are like, oh, maybe I don't want to live to 100. I literally had a patient say to me, I I don't think I want to live as long. I want to enjoy my wine. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you, right? So, okay. So think of it like the foundational behaviors and then there's the advanced behaviors. The The foundational behaviors, you need to eat food that is clean, organic, minimally processed, 
Americans use, I mean, you're in Canada. Americans used to eat 40 grams of sugar in a year. Now we eat 60 grams of sugar in a day, but sugar is inflammatory. It messes with your gut. It leads to leaky gut, which leads to autoimmune disease. So picking food that is promoting health as opposed to tanking your health, that's one. Two, sleep. We're, I mean, I, I don't know if it's different in Canada, but in America, we're like pride ourselves that we can get by on no sleep. And I'm like, no, 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 that's really bad for you. You don't want to do that. You want to sleep. And so most generally, paint, let's paint the genders with the broad brushstroke. Generally, women need more sleep than men. And generally, people need to be in bed for eight to nine hours in order to get seven to eight hours of sleep. Because it's not like you put your head on the pillow and you sleep uninterrupted. There's there's always changes and shifts in, in your sleep. So your actual time in bed is not the actual amount you sleep. It's pretty cool to track your sleep and see that. Then you need to poop every day, at least once, because that's how you get rid of the large majority of your toxins. The next way, and I'll come back to why toxins matter, the next way to set the foundation for health is to move your body regularly. So sweat four to five times a week and uh, build your muscle because that's going to keep your bones strong. Then you want to make sure you're connected to people because no woman is an island. And what's the purpose of living long if you're isolated and you're alone? You need to have some downtime, some ability to create, some, some, the foundation of health is thinking. Uh, and then for some people, it's intimacy. That, that's a foundation for their health, is, is physically connecting with others. Okay. Now, that's the platform. You can't get to 100 if you abuse yourself. You know, it's really, it's really difficult. At some point, nature will overcome and then, the, so the foundation is those things. You, you really, you can't do that before you do the, the more advanced things. But the more advanced things are dealing with the toxins around us so that we minimize our risk because at the core of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, autoimmune disease, degenerative disease like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, even just plain old fatigue, brain fog, irritable bowel, bad perimenopause, all or bad menopause, all of those things can track back to some type of inflammation, which tracks in my world back to toxins. They're the culprit. So you have to deal with, mitigate, minimize, and, and optimize your health so that you're not getting exposed to that many toxins. And I think the reality is we really have very little education or understanding just how much of a exposome we have around toxins. Can we talk about that a little bit, please? Sure, it's horrifying, okay? Fiona, it's totally horrifying. <laughs> Where do you want me to start, right? Because it's essentially, if you, my, my, I was at um, I was an appointment this morning and we were talking about toxins and he said to me, just go live in the woods in a tent. And I said, well, that's not sustainable for most of us, A. And B, your tent is made from some type of engineered material that probably came from plastic. And so you're really not actually accomplishing that. And because you're hiking, you have a plastic water bottle, and maybe the water quality is not that good. And you're stressed because you don't know where your food's coming from. So that's not really a solution. But there's toxins everywhere. Yes. Think about it. There's literally nothing I can look at in my office that doesn't in some way have a toxin, either because it's plastic-derived or because it is um, petroleum or because it has phthalates or EMFs or some type of 
toxic off-gassing or VOCs, like it's really endemic. We are, and that's not even our food and our air quality. That's not, that's not even getting to any of that. This is just, what are we exposed to? I'm sitting on a vegan leather chair. Vegan leather's really in, right? Because no cow had to die to make my chair, except it's plastic. My keyboard, plastic. My mouse, plastic. The components on my mic, sorry, plastic. And so plastic is very bad for us. It's an endocrine disruptor. It's extremely inflammatory. Some of it never leaves our body. Some of it's pro-cancer. And so we end up in this rat wheel of exposure. Think about our thoughts. Thoughts can be toxic. If you have a thought like, oh, I got to go to that awful job again. That's actually a stressor and leads to a pro-inflammatory cascade that occurs that shuts down detox, shuts down digestion, and essentially has you hold on to your toxins. So it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling how to answer this question, Fiona, because it's everywhere. It's literally endemic. Yes. Well, and you and I know this as working in the uh, healthcare world and being aware of what's going on in the world. But the truth is, people listening to this podcast, this may be the first mm-hmm. time they've really heard just how pervasive these things are. Sure. I mean, it's everywhere. I would say, I would say most people, when they're, then, when they're listening to me talk about this, have the response like, where do I start? Yes. So let me back up. Before I answer that, let me say, you want to look at what are you putting in your body? What are you putting on your body? And what's around you? So the in your body is pretty clear, right? What are you eating? What are you drinking? Are you drinking from plastic, those single-use disposable plastic water bottles that never decompose? Are you drinking from something that's lined with plastic? Are you drinking kombucha? You know, there's a lot. Are you going to Starbucks and getting a chai latte in, in the cup? So there's a lot of ways that we get exposure to pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, toxins through what we put in our mouth. Okay, that's one category. Second category is what are we putting on our bodies? That is our, for women especially, the beauty products that we're using, the clothing that we're wearing, the dry cleaning that we are using that we then wear all day. Dry cleaning is typically using formaldehyde to clean the clothing. So it's well-preserved, but formaldehyde is what they put in your body when you die. It's It's that deep of a preservative. So it's not in your favor. Let's start with that. And then there's all the stuff around you. That's what you're sleeping on, your bed. Your bed, unless it's organically derived and and certified, likely has flame retardants. Flame retardants are an endocrine disruptor. (laughs) And you spend eight eight to nine hours, especially we talk about sleep, eight to nine hours a night on your bed breathing those fumes. Then there's the, do you live near a golf course, a farm that's not organic or even organic, sometimes sprays, a highway or some type of industrial processing plant where these things will alter the air quality that you're exposed to and they'll alter the water quality that you're exposed to. So these are all the things around you that you may or may not be able to change. And so when you put those together, you can get a clear sense of what funnel is something coming from and then how do I systematically start to pick it off? right? Where where do you focus, right? Your whole world needs to be transformed. How do you focus? It's a good question, right? Mm -hmm. So I always say, start focusing on the low hanging fruits, do the easy stuff. Don't, don't go out and buy an entire new house full of furniture. That's not only expensive, but ultimately that's bad for the world because that all had to be produced. 
with, even if it wasn't chemicals producing the furniture, it was chemicals transporting it to you because you had a some type of truck that used gas and the tires degraded on the highway. So try to be good to the earth and what you're figuring out, but pick the thing you're running out of, especially for women. You know, we use all these products and we run out of something once every two to three weeks. So when you're running out of something, that is the ideal time to transform what you're using in from something that's potentially toxic or documented as toxic into something that's documented as clean. And the way we help people is I always recommend people go to environmental working group and, or think dirty. Those are my two top apps. Although I lean towards EWG much more and look it up. It'll have a rating, go for the highest rated thing that's in your budget. Okay. You, you know, if you, if you nailed your, your mascara and, and it's perfect, cool. Don't replace it. But if you didn't nail it, that's an opportunity to level up in that moment when you're running out. Let me pause there because I just dumped a whole bunch on you. No, it's okay. It's like, First, I want, I want to say thank you for all of that. And it can feel totally overwhelming. And I would like to say I this is the topic of your book, Dirty yeah. Girl, correct? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So if you want to go deeper on this subject, please pick up the book Dirty, Dirty Girl by Dr. Wendy Truvo. And... You know, I, I have, a, I have, there's a lot of things in my head right now. I always try for myself, I can get overwhelmed and I yeah. know it's easy to do that because it feels like so much. I thought I was doing a good thing just by buying organic apples this time, maybe versus, you know, now I've got to change all my furniture and my mattresses a mess and all of that. But you don't, that's the beauty of it. You don't, Yeah. not till yeah. you're ready to change it. Yes. That's, that's what I like. One step at a time over yeah. time adds up. That's the the uh the the majesty in that but i think of my upbringing and my grandparents were farmers and so i got to see what it was like to be on the land and live off the land and what kind of um you know if we wanted lettuce greens for dinner my grandma would send me out to the garden to pick them or beets or potatoes or you know whatever right and um whenever i'm cooking or thinking about my lifestyle and how much i have toxins i have in in my body and in my environment I always think, okay, how do my grandparents do this? You know, and I think that's kind of a, a helpful thing. Now, not everybody has that experience of being able to see where their food came from, how it was produced, uh, how much work went into it, etc. How many toxins? I remember my grandfather handling the the Roundup without any mask or gloves, and then he would wash his hands with gasoline from the petrol can. <laughs> So it wasn't perfect, but there's something that comes with watching it. And, and a lot of us have these, these, um, these uh, experiences that we can go, yeah. okay, like, can we, can we pull up? Like your, your guy saying, go live in a tent in the woods. Well, it's not perfect, but it's, you know, maybe, it's, or, or go out RVing. Well, mm-hmm. RVs are full of these flame retardants and, yeah. and plastics and all of that. So, right. so it's not yeah. about lo- no talks at all, Fiona. It's about, how do you reduce your systematic exposure while understanding you're never going to be toxin free? That's all. That's, that's the, it's, it's how do you pick the big battles and over time, you know, small changes lead to big impact over time when repeated and practiced. Sure. And, and I think that the pendulum has swung really far in terms of toxins over safety. You know, think about it. Most of the things that we are exposed to have not been tested for safety. In, yeah. in, uh, and so, so it's important to remember that it's not, oh, um, 
we need to, it, 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 if we're getting exposed, it's because it's fine. No, it actually, we're getting exposed because nobody's raised the red flag over it yet. Yeah, let's so, talk about that. Where's yeah. the regulation? Why are the governments not taking care of us? Um, I know, and I don't know about the Canadian government, but I'll speak for, oh, my, for the American government, <laughs> that the Environmental Protection Agency has has very little enforcement ability. So if a company reports, hey, we have some concerns about what we are producing, we think it might need to be evaluated, they'll self-report to the EPA. But it relies on the self-reporting. Now, if you make your living from creating something, you're not going to self-report, right? This is, this is the epitome of tank your own business. Nobody's going to do that. So it relies on a, on a system of integrity that has no enforcement. So the EPA is responsible for evaluating anything that's brought to its attention. It is able to evaluate about 100 products at any given time. And right now there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of chemicals on the market with anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 being created anew every year. So there's just this tremendous backlog so that you can't rely on the EPA to protect you because the systems, excuse me, the systems are not in place to protect you. It just doesn't exist. So you're, you're kind of buyer beware, right? And was there not a recent president who eliminated the EPA altogether? Maybe not, not something to answer, just a yes yeah. or no. <laughs> the, there, the EPA had its teeth taken away and its ability to enforce really diminished, which is unfortunate because Gross companies, companies, it's not in companies' best interest necessarily to look at the environment. Now, I will say as, a, as someone who owns a company, we try to look at what's the impact on the environment. We don't have paper drapes and paper gowns. We don't have plastic speculums. We try as a medical facility not to create more waste, right? Because it's our, we see it as our mission to be good to the earth, but that's not necessarily every company's mission. No, no. Uh, by the way, most of the listeners of this podcast live in the United States. Mm -hmm. So you're speaking to your people. <laughs> yeah. So buyer beware, basically. And, and then the other side of it is that there's not a lot of regulations around marketing claims. And so not only is the product not regulated, but also the packaging is not regulated. And, and what I mean by that is they can say pretty much whatever they want. It's up to you to understand whether it's good. And I get greenwashed, Fiona, all the time. You know, part of being a human with a bunch of kids and a bunch of businesses, I'm busy. And so I was on Facebook and I see this ad for a laundry detergent and it didn't come in a big plastic thing and it didn't have any scents and it didn't have any colors and it said it was natural. So I'm super psyched. I buy it. And because I'm busy, I buy a four month supply of it. <laughs> Cause I don't want to run out. I have four kids, man. Like they, they're just messy. So I buy four months worth and I put it on auto ship because I don't want to run out. Okay. So, and then I don't think about it. I'm happy. They're these little pods. We throw them in. And then really out of nowhere, a couple months later, I was like, oh, I never checked that. I never went to EWG and looked at that. What was I thinking? I wasn't thinking the packaging looked great. By the way, and it came in paper packaging. I was so happy. Right. And I finally get the brain space. I look on EWG and, and the product is poorly rated. It was a seven. And I was like, oh, this is my brand, Fiona, right? I am all about clean living. And I got snookered. And, I, and my coach said to me, 
you need to use this because people need to know that perfection isn't real. It's not about perfection. It's about doing your best. And when you screw it up, laugh it off. And by the way, we used up that detergent. I'm not going to waste it. What's it going to do in the environment? Degrade? We might as well wash our clothes. So, so use what you have up and then level up. So what I leveled up to is Aspen Clean for laundry detergent, dishwashing detergent, house cleaning, all, pretty much all of it, and it's on auto ship. Sometimes I screw it up in terms of timing, but yeah, it's, it's EWG certified, it's clean, and uh, that's really the goal, right? So part of it is to take away the brain, the noise of what do I need to do and how do I need to do it? So that's the value. That's the beauty of EWG is they've they've done that nitty gritty research and they have all the everything listed. You can search by that, highly rated, certified. You can search. Yeah, it's a great app. I use it all the time. We do recommend it on the podcast. So, my listeners should be aware of that particular app. So, um, a few years ago, I switched over to natural beauty products, and yeah. I shouldn't say natural. I should say non toxic. There is a difference, mm-hmm. and. It was a fascinating switch. I really spent quite a bit of time looking at all the ingredients and what they did in the product and what they, you know, potentially could do in my body. And what surprised me the most, I think, was how companies can hide ingredients under the term fragrance. Yeah. That one blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there can literally be hundreds of things hidden under the term fragrance, because I believe there's a protection under this is a proprietary thing, so you don't have to disclose. Right. And then the next layer of that, not only what's in it, but also where was it produced? Because we love cheap beauty. You know, we don't want to pay a lot for our products. And if it was produced in a country that has zero to small controls over their quality and or their environment is more polluted than ours, what you're getting is beauty that's contaminated with potentially toxicants and heavy metals that are a byproduct of just where things were derived from. So that's even more horrifying, right? Like not only what did they put in on purpose, but what are the things like there's PFAS in some of our tampons and pads because it's a byproduct. It was, it was a contaminant. So so it's just, it's like the snowball that, that is going and going because it, it's not only what's in it, but where it was produced and what controls and regulations had. Yeah. Yeah. Who is the brain space for that? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. And especially not women at perimenopause. Let's have a no. moment for that. <laughs> no. Most right. of us are just trying to survive at that point. Right. Seriously. Our next book is coming out next year. It's called sweaty and bitchy and it's from sex to brain function, master menopause and feel freaking amazing. And we specifically wrote this because I mean, like I I'm postmenopausal now pretty much officially as of like a week ago. And I was, um, Oh, that's exciting. Congrats. Thank you. I was in the car, peak of perimenopause, and it was summer, and I was having a hot flash, and the car wasn't on. So I'm sitting in the car, and it's baking, and my kids are in the car, and I do not know what my husband is doing, but he is not in the car, and the car is not on. It's all I know, right? It's all I care about because I'm like dripping sweat. And he pokes his head in, and I literally, Fiona, to this day, I don't know what he asked me. He asked me a question. And I looked at him, you know, like the exorcist child. I looked at him and I went, do you value your life? Turn the car on and turn the air on. And he was like, okay, babe. You know, and of course I couldn't swear because my kids are in the car. 
So I just had one of those like exorcist, I'm, I'm going to cause harm to something in a moment if I continue to sit in a hot car in the hot sun in the summer day and the car's not on. So anyway, so we wrote the next book about that because, yeah, I was like barely functional. And a, and a lot of it had to do with the toxins that were making my body so stressed that then left me nothing else to be able to, like it had nothing left over, right? I didn't have the bandwidth to deal with perimenopause because I was so busy trying to stay, keep my nose above water. Yes. So that's yes. our next book coming out next year. Fantastic. I can't wait to read it. In fact, okay. will you come back for, and, and let me interview you for the podcast? When that yeah, we'll do, we'll do that again okay. for the next Fantastic. <laughs> So let's talk about something, a term that you dropped a little bit earlier in, in our uh, episode here when you said endocrine disruption. Yes. Can we please talk about that? Yes. Okay. Your endocrine system has a number of organs in it. There's, there's an organ in your brain, the pituitary, there's the anterior and the posterior, and it secretes, uh, it secretes, I'll call them challengers. It says to the organs, do your job. Essentially, the organs are managed by your brain. Your brain will say, for example, to your ovaries, it's time to ovulate. And your ovaries will be like, oh, right, right, I forgot about that. Okay, let's get to ovulating. Endocrine disrupt, uh, that can also happen for your adrenals. That can happen for your thyroid. That your, your brain is stimulating your organs to do their job. Now, endocrine disruptors, well, let me back up. We should understand how it works. In an ideal world, your brain speaks to the organs and they respond properly and they respond in the appropriate time and they, they just respond and there's no drama. However, when an endocrine disruptor gets involved, there's some substance that's causing either your brain or the organ not to work properly. And what happens is you have disruptions in the normal flow. So people don't usually think about their adrenals so we'll set that to the side. But wait, they really think about is there are female hormones or male hormones, but mostly female hormones. And so an endocrine disruptor will show up by disrupting, I guess you're not supposed to define using the term, but it'll disrupt the normal flow of your system. So if you normally have periods every 30 days, maybe you skip a period, or maybe you have periods too often, or maybe you have periods not at all, or maybe it disrupts your ovulation. There's a, not, there's a million ways that this can impact you, but it can show up as dysfunction in the, your normal hormone flow. Endocrine disruption, you know, one thing people don't often think about is that the pancreas is part of the endocrine system. And when you, when you have disruptors or toxins, you no longer have proper insulin management and what you have, okay, so now we're like, okay, what, who cares, right? What difference does that make? But when you eat food, it turns to glucose. You have to get that glucose into the cell so the cell can use it. And the way you do that is by using insulin to get that glucose into the cell so that the cell has energy. Very basic, right? I'm not going to debate where the energy comes from. You can have fat-based, I'm sorry, you can, you can have like keto-driven ketosis for energy, or you can have glycolysis for energy, but either way, you're going to wind up with a molecule of glucose that you need to use. So you have this organ called the pancreas, and it secretes insulin in response to a glucose load. Now, when you have an endocrine-disrupting substance, maybe you're less responsive to that insulin. Or maybe you don't put as much out, but typically you put more out and you're just less responsive to it. So you're pumping out all this insulin and the body's not, the end organs, the body's, body's cells are not responding. 
So now you have elevated blood sugar and you have elevated insulin, but at some point you're going to respond and then you have a blood sugar plummet. And then guess what? You eat some sugar because you're like, oh my God, I'm hypoglycemic. And then the cycle continues. So endocrine disruptors are substances that look like our hormones and look like what we should be making, except it occupies the receptor and causes it to be in some way dysfunctional. Very long-winded answer, actually. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Probably, I, I think, the uh, the most commonly known one, uh, a well-known endocrine, endocrine disruptor is bisphenol A. Mm-hmm. Which my understanding of that particular chemical was that it was, um, it mimics estrogen and it is used in our plastics because it makes our plastics softer. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And somebody didn't think when they added it to the plastics that, oh, hey, listen, it mimics estrogen. We tried that whole uh, fake estrogen thing. It didn't work out so well for women. So yeah. you know, you'd think that somebody would have thought that. And I believe that was the late 70s <laughs> that actually all went down. So I'd love to hear uh, one of the things I, I should say uh, that surprised me about BPA when I was doing my own research on it many years ago is that receipts uh, have BPA. Yep. As don't touch the receipts. I'm always like, oh, I don't need that. Or throw it in the bag. And, and I was thinking about my own bookkeeper who I knew had endocrine issues. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how many years has she spent handling these receipts and probably not washing her hands, handling them all day long, or the cashiers, et cetera? The other place we get it from is the plastic lids on our Starbucks um, and other in, in Canada here. Of course, it's Tim Hortons, but we have Starbucks too. But mm-hmm. um, And I think a lot of women don't know that. So, you know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I would say here's the challenge, Fiona, that BPA has been removed from a lot of plastics because of the noise around it. Guess what? It was replaced with other substances that don't have any research or the research is just coming out and it they act pretty similar to BPA. So unfortunately, the whole category of plastic is suspect, even when it says BPA-free. Now there's gradations, okay? If you say to me, I'm, it's great, okay, in an ideal world, we're going to get rid of plastic. That would be ideal. But I will say, I have not yet, and I would love for any listener to say, hey, I have a solution. I have not found a solution for every day I grab, uh, I have have pre-made protein shakes, but you don't blend them until you're ready to eat them because otherwise they degrade. So I have the powder in the a plastic container. I have not yet found a replacement for that. So, um, and I haven't yet found a replacement for what to store my supplements in that's portable that will not give it too much humidity and make them degrade because I do them in two weeks cycles. So anyway, back to plastic. So there's gradations. If you say you're never putting anything hot in it, that's an improvement. You want to make sure, though, that it was never hot because it was sitting in an untemperature regulated warehouse or it was stored in a truck and it was transported across the country. So there's a lot of ways that you might not be heating your plastic, but it was plastic heated before you got to it. And that's going to release it into the, whatever you're eating or drinking from it. So the goal would be don't eat or drink from something that's been stored in soft plastic level up to harder plastic if you can, try to eliminate single use, get a reusable stainless steel or glass water bottle so that you can 
you you can and then test your stainless steel bottle for lead to make sure that it doesn't have lead in it, right? Because you just go from the frying pan into the fire. A lot of things made in other countries will have contaminants in them, so you're going to want to test it. I use the 3M lead testing strips. Uh, 3M lead testing, uh, so they're little test strips that you just use. I get them off Amazon. Do you have Amazon in Canada? You must, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. so you can get them off Amazon. Um, and so start to see how you can get rid of the plastic, right? So my family went nuts because we had leveled up. We, we had leveled up from plastic to glass a number of years ago, but we still had some like things floating around. So um, I also have teenagers and my teenagers are like, it's too heavy to carry glass to school for lunch. So they were taking plastic. They're like locusts. They would find the plastic in the house and pull it out of storage and use it. And I was like, okay, this is not working for me. So I got stainless steel containers. Uh, They do have a plastic top. So now the goal is don't put hot food in and put the top on the hot food. You don't want plastic touching your hot food. It will release the chemicals in. Similarly, you don't want to microwave your food with plastic because you're going to put all the chemicals from the plastic in your food. So try to avoid heat and plastic. They don't go together, okay? Um, Level up, you know, and here's where it's a gradation, right? So you do your best with the tools you have and you level up as much as possible. I'm really still struggling with the shaker bottles. I had the hard plastic for years and then I went and ordered a couple of stainless steel ones and I was so psyched and they leaked. Oh, yeah. I cannot have turmeric leaking, Right? That's a non-starter. Nor could I have water all over my bag, you know, especially because I change my clothes in the middle of the day sometimes. So it was not sustainable. It went back. I'm still searching. So you're going to have, you may have some challenges at, at getting to perfection, right? So that's why I say you can't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Get the big stuff. Do your best. Yeah. Start little, with your food, right? Yeah. Small change, big impact. Yeah, little and often. Little, it makes a big difference if you over time for sure. Totally. Okay, I want to come back to something you said up at the top. Uh, you said we need to poop every day. Yes, ma'am. So, or more, at least and once a day. What surprised me when I started practicing almost 20 years ago now was just how common constipation is. Yes. Especially That's probably going to be our, our third book is, is all about poop. Good. We, we really need that book. We need that book. Because the thing is, we're having this conversation about the toxins. And the, there are multiple factors in the body that will help you clear the toxins if yeah. uh, the ones that are not biopervasive which is another conversation for another day but we'll have uh many 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 women that have difficulties with their gut function so can you give us some some tips that you share with your patients on how to <clears throat> get to yeah. pooping more regularly totally so I mean, I'm a huge fan of pooping. I'm always saying to my patients, like, what's your poop like? How often? What does it look like? How big is it? What color is it? They're like, you are weird. I'm like, yep, I'm weird. I get it. But think about it. The yeah. why, why is it important for you to poop every day? Well, your gut, your poop is where you're getting rid of a whole list of toxins, the hormones you're done with. And if you don't get rid of them, they get recycled. And then you have estrogen dominance and hormone imbalances. And you're at an increased risk of estrogen-dependent cancers. So your gut is critical at making sure that you stay healthy, especially from a hormonal standpoint. So, okay. So what are your tips, my tips and tricks? One, don't eat sugar. Sugar makes people constipated. Processed food makes people constipated. So minimize your processed food, sugar, 
alcohol can really mess with the gut. It creates a state, it, it makes the tight junctions open so you have leaky gut, so it increases the risk for autoimmune disease, but it also converts to sugar, and sugar can make people concentrate. You see the loop here. The reason for that is that a lot of us got antibiotics, and when you get antibiotics, you kill the good bacteria in the gut, but yeast are not killed or inhibited. They grow. They're happy when you take antibiotics because their competitors are now gone. Essentially, think of the balance in your gut like, like a garden. And when you take antibiotics, you've gotten rid of all your plants, so now weeds have free reign to just grow. So when you have candida, it makes you crave sugar but it also can make you constipated, it can make you retain water, it can make you uh, puffy, it can give your skin, make your skin poor. So things to do, don't eat processed food, don't eat sugars, minimize alcohol, move your body, because when you move your body, you uh, move your gut, breathe deeply, that massages the internal organs. Make sure you drink enough water, because if you're dehydrated, you won't poop properly. Those are, and then fiber, both in, pill form and in food form. I'm a huge fan of eat, eat your way to health, right? Except sometimes you can't eat enough fiber or it gives you gas. So start to ease into that. And oh, sorry about that. There's a kid in the background who's yelling. Sorry about that. They obviously don't want to eat their fiber. So we'll give them a pill. Okay. So get fiber, but then sometimes you need more, right? Like, uh, so I'm a tremendous fan of colon hydrotherapy. This is essentially a supervised enema, where which has a, a person who's putting water into your colon and monitoring the pressure in the colon. What happens with this is at, as the if you get constipated, the muscle of the colon forgets. It, it gets it like it's stuck in its open position and it forgets how to contract. So when you do colon hydrotherapy, you're retraining the muscle that, oh, right, when I get expanded, I need to contract. So that's great. That also helps with candida. So that's a fantastic approach. I'm a huge fan, as I mentioned, of fiber because that cleans the gut, takes the toxins out along with it. And I'm a huge fan of magnesium because the only way you can harm yourself with magnesium is you would have diarrhea. And if you've been constipated for 10 years, you're probably psyched to have diarrhea for a little bit, right? You'd be like, yes, I just lost five pounds, right? And so magnesium citrate is one of the best forms to get, pull water into the gut and make it contract. You need to drink enough water or you're going to make it worse. Okay? So magnesium is one of my favorite. And then we have a whole bunch of things that we'll recommend in consultation with people because the thing is, you know, there's a reason you're constipated. Something's happening in there. Either you have inflammation, imbalanced gut bacteria, poor digestion. That's another thing to do to support constipation is support your digestion with apple cider vinegar or pancreatic enzymes or uh, stomach acid because you might be constipated because you just don't have what you need to digest the food and it's sitting there. So we do recommend other things in co conjunction, but I, I'm not a huge fan of recommending those things without talking to people, right? Like you can use aloe, but you don't want to use it for long periods of time. You want to try to minimize it. There's a lot of stuff you can do, but you want to understand what's the problem in there? Why are you not pooping? I feel like uh, colon hydrotherapy is one of those underutilized totally. services. Totally. How do you find a good one? Uh, well, I live in Boston. It's a small town, right? Like Boston, don't pee in anyone's coffee cup in Boston because it's that small of a town, right? Like it'll get around. So there's not that many providers and 
I have, it's essentially, it's not only word of mouth, but I've gone to a couple of them and then it's word of mouth. So I am a huge fan of sourcing your community. That's through things like Facebook groups or uh, Instagram groups, because you, you really can find out from your local community, what are they using? What are they happy with? That's the best way as far as I'm concerned. Fantastic. Yeah. So your book, Dirty Girl, can you give yeah. me like a synops- synopsis of it or is this last 45 minutes been that? <laughs> it's sort of, yeah. I mean, some, a lot of what we talk about is what's in the book. The book is really a roadmap for looking at where do you need to level up? What are the top ways to level up? And how do you live a life of vitality, energy, intimacy, and feel, feel freaking amazing? You know, someone said to me, feel freaking amazing and aspirational. I'm like, you're damn right it's aspirational. We all need something to be aspiring to, right? Like, I would say generally I feel freaking amazing. And I am not built that way, Fiona. I have terrible genes. I am extremely stressed in my job. I have four children. Life isn't necessarily easy to feel freaking amazing. It takes a lot of work. But on the end result of it, it's like, oh, oh, I could feel like that. So essentially the book is all about how do you take where you are and make an improvement? And then once you've gotten comfortable with that, make another improvement so that you look back over the course of a year and go, oh, my hair's growing back. I've lost that weight. My energy is better. My sleep is better. My brain is functioning. My hot flashes are less, right? All of it. Fantastic. I love it. Where can people find out more about you? Lots of places. Okay. All in all of the social channels, I'm at Wendy Trubo MD. So that's all of them. And then the book is on Amazon. I would recommend including my name in some form if you're going to search for Dirty Girl, but or search the Dirty Girl Detox book. That that'll show up. And then we have a podcast, which is the Five Journeys Feel Freaking Amazing podcast. And let's think. I'm sure I'm somewhere else. I'm always like, oh, and right, we have our national brand, which is called Dirty Girl Detox. That's all about detoxing as on a consumer level without needing a doctor involved. And then we have our clinic, which is five journeys. And that's for people who want medical care. Uh, that's, we take insurance, we have a membership practice and that's in, that's in Massachusetts. Fantastic. Yeah. So the last question I like to ask my uh, people and guests on this, on this podcast is what is the thing you would tell your much younger self now with the information you have Knowing now what I didn't know then. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I would. It's really kind of heartbreaking, Fiona, because I was sick for a long time before I got diagnosis. And there were these two peaks one was with celiac, which is an autoimmune disease, and the second is with all these toxins, which was the impetus for writing the book. So I, I would say what I know now that I didn't know then is that you this goes back to what I said at the beginning is that anything that interrupts you feeling freaking amazing and diminishing your vitality and your, and your energy and your health span is not normal. All of your body should be invisible. You should not notice your gut. You should not notice your hot flashes. You should not have headaches. You should not have brain fog. You should sleep through the night. You should have a sex drive. Like all should is a word for me that's very charged. I'm not a huge fan of it, but you really do deserve and are meant to feel freaking amazing every day. And if you don't, there's a reason. Let's figure it out. That's what I wish my 15, 20, 25 year old self knew. 
because I didn't get diagnosed till I was 33 with celiac, but I had been sick since I was 15, undiagnosed. And it was awful. So, so I would say, don't settle for feeling okay. You're meant for more. Oh, I love it. So inspirational. Thank you so much for the time today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for the opportunity to get the word out for people. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your health care provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.